thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Welcome to Wellness Men Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And as always, we are very grateful and uh, happy to have you on board joining us this week for another episode, which uh, is kind of working right in our alley this week. I love this because this is all the rocking out the brain science and the cool stuff we can uh, totally nerd out in our chiropractic world here. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Um, Hey, welcome to all of our new listeners. Um, I'm going to change things up and just uh, remind you of our social media channels now, (laughs) Um, just in case I forget to do it at the end. So uh, if you have already make sure you're following us on facebook.com forward slash the wellness women we're on instagram at the wellness women official um and you can also be following so i am on facebook the period whisperer or dr andrea.xo on instagram and ash what are your handles dr ashley bond at uh that's just the at dr ashley bond and facebook is dr ashley bond so keeping it really simple (laughs) (laughs) nothing uh, like that though why would you want to be uh, quite straight yeah quite straightforward i think uh, you can find me quite easily there i'm uh, probably not as as on top of my social media as i lo- like to be but uh, i love uh, being part of the wellness women social media you know group i think we really share some great content there so ladies if you haven't been on there and yeah. uh, seen some of the i guess we this is where we share research we share some latest cool stuff that's going on and what's going on in the health world and just trying to keep you up to date with what's out there because um i even look back at some of the podcasts we recorded you know in our first and second year of recording and in some ways that information is is getting outdated because in a couple of years it's amazing how you know things are changing and uh, we're going to be recording this year a couple of like updated episodes on different topics that we know have shifted or there's been new research or new findings um and we get really excited about that 
because we're like, That's awesome, so cool. you know, let's share the new stuff. So today is kind of um, one of those episodes which is all about this extraordinary emerging kind of new science of exercise in the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and this really, you know, gets me going because I always smile thinking how, I guess, you know, you look at people around you, the busy ones, the exercising ones, they they exercise, like just think of high school, for example, the person who's good at five different sports, they're also academically exceptional, like just that classic image of this, you know, super high achiever. That's um, how I see you during your high school <laughs> and uni years, Ash, absolutely. <laughs> That's so funny. And it's um, funny because, you know, you don't have to be um, a research scientist to observe that it's very common to see people who engage in, you know, regular moderate to high levels of activity are also really mentally switched on. And uh, we're really going to explore that today because it's not something that a lot of people think of when they're, they're going to do an exercise program or they enjoy the gym. They're often thinking about the weight benefits, the cardiovascular benefits, you know, reduction in risks of yeah. heart disease, diabetes, cancer, all those things that are promoted. But what they often don't tell you is, you know, reducing risks now are shown that could be things like dementia and Alzheimer's. We always think the body breaking down is the worst thing that can happen to us. But in my world, in your world, Andy, I think, you know, the way I see it is the brain and nervous system breaking down is the very worst thing that can happen to us because it means we cannot live an exceptional life. We can't live the life we are born and designed to um, because we don't have that capacity. So I'm a big believer in protecting, you know, the central nervous system, growing a great brain. You should see me with all the research doing it about how to grow um, in utero a great brain for Oliver and and how to give him the first year of life to grow this great brain. Um, you know, kind of probably a bit OTT, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit OCD as well, all those acronyms. But uh, hey, I can uh, I can tell you something that could help your OCD, Ash, and that's uh, that's exercise. Oh yes, of course, that is proven. Um, Anxiety, depression, and uh, any other sort of uh, characteristics and tendencies before but towards uh, extreme behaviour. Which yes, maybe that we're is totally something. getting ahead of ourselves now. We'll, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll dive into that. And we'll unpack that for you shortly. Yeah, let's. Um, about this episode well what are we going to share with our listeners and um why do they need to listen all the way to the end oh just well because obviously we're always amazing um <laughs> right to the very end obviously um so ash this episode so it was my idea to cover this topic um tonight and usually um if you think of you know us as a duo you would definitely not be mistaken by thinking that ash is um she is the like the sporty you know, one of the two of us. Um, so we can give her the sporty spice hat. Uh, for those of you who are too young to know who the Spice Girls are, then shame on you. Uh, oh, embarrassing. Anyway. My actual first email ever was Little Miss Sporty at hotmail.com. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, I love it. And my girlfriends at school gave it to me. No, 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 no. One of those things when you leave high school and you have to like write your email down for, um, you know, professional references or for, you know, job CVs and you're like, <laughs> you little bit sporty it. at Hotmail. I'm like, yeah, no, I think we need a new one. <laughs> yeah, well so, done. Um, but uh, it, was, it was good at the time because exactly like you said, that kind of summed me up and uh, you're the glam girl in our group. You know, anyone who sees Andrew's photos, she's always looking amazing. I'm the, the oh, hair up, no makeup, looking like. <laughs> that's insane. Um, uh, I appreciate you saying that, but it's, it's definitely, definitely not the case. Perfect um, balance, though. So, I think we, we look after each other. You know, I, I bring it down a notch. You know, keep the keep the real, and you're the glamour, which you know people can aspire to. So between us, we come. That you actually see me that way, Ash, because I isn't it funny that um, 
you know, you really should take on board the the compliments people give you because that's definitely not how I see myself at all. But um, thank you. I will totally take that. That's really sweet. Um, <laughs> so the reason I wanted to cover this episode, so it was kind of um, a little bit for selfish reasons. So I have recently changed gyms or, well, that's that's not true. I have left the gym that I was um, working at. So I've left Box 33, which is a great, great thing. Um, and I am kind of in this sort of stagnant period of not knowing exactly exactly what I want to do. And, um, I've got to find like something that's really going to help to motivate me. I've got to find the best gym ever for me. And I will do that. Um, if anyone's got any suggestions, I'm totally open to that. Um, I definitely need that kind of gym setting where I have a place to go at a time and someone tells me what to do and when to start and stop. I'm like, I, I need somewhere I can go and not have to think about things. Um, but, I, for me, like I need a lot more of a motivating factor to exercise than just aesthetics. Um, you know, I couldn't care less if I've got abs or, you know, big biceps because like seriously in like our world, um, how does me having like, you know, big ripped biceps help me in everyday life or how does that help us to change the world and improve women's health? Um, it doesn't. So, you know, that's not motivating enough for me. Um, but with the knowledge that um, exercise can possibly make me smarter and improve my memory and um, and my mood, you know, that is what encourages me. And that is definitely something that I've noticed has been changing over the last couple of months since I've changed the amount of kind of um, like workload that I've been doing is I've noticed that I'm, I don't feel as though I'm as articulate. And that was right on cue there where I stumbled over <laughs> my work. <laughs> <laughs> That was like, you know, um, couldn't even plan that. And my memory has been shocking. And of course, I'm still moving. Of course, I'm still doing stuff, but I'm not doing enough. Um, and just because for me, exercise is always, um, it doesn't come as naturally to me. And I'm not as motivated to do it as what Ash, Ash is. Um, so that's why I thought if we can cover this, if I can get more of this stuff into my head about how it's going to make us or me smarter, then you know, I can't think of anything that could motivate me more. Ah, look, and I think it's, you know, when you realise as well the benefits it has on stress resilience, um, you know, management of anxiety and, and stress and sleep regulation, sleep quality, it's also those things that I noticed first, you know, for me it's the sleep quality and um, I'd say anxiety, stress handling is my, my two key things because the other stuff is yeah. kind of by the wayside, but those two signals, like I'm like if I'm not sleeping well, I'm like, damn, I need to you know, boost my exercise or do something a bit different because it's really, really does affect that side of things. Um, I'm always fascinated as well. Like there's just so many health benefits. We can rattle on about all of those other things. Cause you know, like ladies, we talk about this in a hormonal sense. We always say, you know, look, exercise is important. It's really important to reduce insulin resistance. It reduces inflammation. It stimulates release of growth factors, which are, you know, chemicals to the brain that help to affect the health of brain cells. So this is now when it dives into the brain. It shifts from being that metabolic and um, endocrine component but all of these hormones affect and directly regulate the brain and i think that's where it gets really exciting because then you go wow it can you know promote the abundance and survival of new brain cells hello so you can actually brain you know brain build that's incredible yep. we think we're just muscle building we're brain building when we exercise um so let's nerd out let's let's give them a deep and deep and insights i awesome. years and years ago read a book um who was the author this is not on cue. This is just one of those things when you read so many books, you go, which author was it? Um, it's called Spark. And oh, yes. On the Revolutionary New me. Science of Exercise and Brain yes. by Dr. John Ratty. Ratty? 
R A T E Y. Yes, exactly. Yep. So I was going to say it's on my bookshelf behind me. I should just go grab it. Um, <laughs> There's but, too many there for you to find. <laughs> it's actually, it's pretty well organised. I'm pretty pretty clear about that organisation because I I love them. I'm bit of, I always think that there's. Is it in alphabetical? Uh, yes, like, and categories. Yes. yes, so yeah. themed and alphabet helps me find what I need because I usually can visualize a book and just go grab the the title. So it's pretty easy. Um, and I always think that there's you know osmosis. Like if I just have them there, that somehow it'll seep into my brain just by being nearby. Um, <laughs> that's what my pile of books on my table is. I'm hoping for is that osmosis. Yeah. So this gorgeous author, he's, um, you know, he was a clinical professor of psychiatry at um, Harvard Med School and he wrote this book and this was probably back maybe 10 years ago. I'd say it's at least 10 years old thinking of when I read it. it was just outside uni, so maybe 2008, 2009, something like that. Um, so if you've read it, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and I just – his stuff just was like, whoa, cool stuff. And the, the long story short was you can build a better brain. And, you know, yeah. if you summed up this whole book, you'd say, what's it What's it all about? How to build a better brain. And you're like, what? Get out of here. Um, because, you know, prior to this, there was a lot of science that pointed to the fact that our brain was like a ceramic bowl. You know, you, you can't change it. Um, and then it, it started to show studies with mice and, and rats and things that the brain was actually more like Play-Doh. And you could mold it and change it um, and change the form and change the shape and its function. It's like, oh, so it's not just a ceramic bowl. It can actually do a lot more than that. Um, and this is that that term neural plasticity. Um, and that's where things got really fun because then you start to go, okay, so what affects neural plasticity? What drives that change, that ability to change? And what the studies kept showing up was it comes to epigenetic expression, but a big player in that is exercise yeah definitely and ash one really important thing that i took away from that book as well and i think that'll be relevant for us this weekend because you and i are both presenting it though on space camp here in perth and um what uh one thing that um the dr john ratey guy was saying is that exercise improves your brain in the short term by raising your focus for two to three hours afterwards. So if you've got a, a really important exam or a presentation or something where it needs your laser focus and concentration and you find that your mind's wandering a bit, exercise can really help to boost that for a couple of hours afterwards. Um, so it's actually like not only benefiting your body and your muscles, but it's benefiting your grey matter. So how incredible is that? That's really cool. And I think they talked about why that happens. Um, and that came down to basically a, a bump up of dopamine and yeah. that calms the mind and that helps that focus and that clarity. So, yeah, super interesting to see that you could actually uh, change that by just doing a quick burst of – I mean, you, you only – they don't tell you how much, so it's not like a 30-minute walk. You could even do like a quick hit workout, a seven-minute boom, 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 yep. smash out four different things, 30 seconds a piece, double it over, so maybe eight minutes worth. Um, and that's enough to charge, literally charge the brain. So you've got these neurons firing, ready to go for high performance, which is um, all down to the hippocampus, our memory concentration attention part of the brain. Um, so that's really, really cool because they've also shown the benefits this has on, say, people who who have ADD, ADHD, um, mm -hmm. both kids and adults as well. So this can mm -hmm. help to ease these symptoms, which is also why sensory um, – uh, this is me nerding out because I've 
you know, been doing a lot of work with the kids development stuff and um, why they're encouraging classrooms to have opportunities for children to move and express movement while learning. So it could yes. be kids walking on treadmills. It could be um, bouncing on fit balls while they're, they're learning things. It could be um, there's one where they have like elastic, um, like elastic bands, so to speak, big elastic bands on the tables. So kids can kick their legs against these elastic bands, like this resistance. So they're expelling this excess energy, but also so that movement is helping to drive the hippocampal function, which is helping to focus their brain so they can be task specific in what they're doing. Um, so rather than drugging these kids, they're like, wow, what if we just put them on an exercise? <laughs> so um, that is know, really special, right? special research. And I think that that's probably where, you know, I think if people don't realise why they're having issues with concentration, the first thing I would suggest before they, you know, do anything else is don't drink a cup of coffee, go moving get moving mm. um, because I know a lot yeah. of people use things like caffeine to try and help them, you know, sharpen up and focus. Yeah. I'm putting my hand up there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's common. It's common. It's like the world's most common yeah. drug, right? It's, yeah. you know, in Australia uh, we're, I think we hit ridiculous number of coffee cups a day, like a, something like 700 million cups. And I'm like, that's not even possible. We don't have a population of 24 million. Does that mean like we're looking at a population average of like four cups a day, which means that for all those oh. people who don't, there's people who are drinking eight, like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sometimes when I look at my caffeine intake of some of my patients, when they first come in, it's like it gives me palpitations thinking about how much coffee they're having. Um, Ash, we had to take our coffee machine in to be serviced um, on the weekend so I was out without it for two days and I went and picked it up on Tuesday morning and I was there when the shop was opening their doors I was like okay I need my coffee machine back now um yeah <laughs> like and I was the happiest person in the world when I got it back and I got it inside and I was able to make my cup of coffee of course after 10 a.m um but <laughs> oh it is such a drug um I've totally digressed there but I want to um add to what you're saying about the kids and the movement and the exercise so there was a study that they did in Holland um where they interspersed university lectures with a 20 minute aerobic style workouts in between um, and they found that it improved the attention span of the students. And then a bigger randomized control trial um, in the US, this might have been the one that you were referring to, Ash, where they did um, daily sports classes through the entire school year. So not just, you know, once a week, but this was every day. And the students got not only, you know, obviously they got fitter, but they got better at multitasking, ignoring distractions, and became better at processing complex information. Um, I just think that that's incredible. Absolutely. And that happens because exercise drives up um, something called brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is BDNF, and it's a special protein that actually um, activates neuron growth. And so when you have, you know, you say, how do you increase your ability to process more complex tasks? We've well, got to literally grow more neurons to be able to use those synapses to um, elevate your capacity to bring in more information and store it. So what BDNF does, it basically makes brain cells work better. Um, it helps them grow. It grows them. So it's not just helping them grow, but it actually grows them and prevents them from eroding and decaying. So you've got so many components of this function of this protein that allows the brain to work better and that's activated through movement. So, you know, historically we didn't have to have this conversation because we had innate 
lifestyles that, you know, mm-hmm. like if you just go back a couple of generations, we didn't have the ease of everything we have today. We didn't have things the short way. We didn't have TV remotes. We didn't have computers. We didn't have all of these functions that make movement unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can sit in our chair and turn the lights on across the other side of the room. We can, um, <laughs> you can remote operate a car. Like I was laughing, Pete was saying the other day, we were, we were walking, he says, you realize there's like BMWs that can reverse the car out and have it out the front for you. I'm like, get out of town like yeah, the Tesla serious? does that too I oh <laughs> my goodness like you don't even have to get out of the garage like what that's crazy so like obviously technology is driving this uh this ease of living in terms of um ability to do things quickly and fast but it's not allowing us to move as much as we always and innately need to move so um this reduction in innate activity i say innate meaning our inborn potential to move our inborn need and desire to move is being overridden by our modern lifestyle um so in order to go forwards we need to go backwards you know we need to get our bodies moving better and more frequently more regularly and this is this incidental movement which is why you know when people ask oh i don't have time for exercise i'm like bloody hell don't tell me that you know take the stairs not the elevated park your car two blocks down and walk here you know don't park it at the front first park and circle the block four times so you get the, the perfect park closest That's to the door right. um yeah. you know you really have to increase you have to use your lifestyle to increase movement and that does not necessarily mean you have to go and join the gym today which is obviously you know sometimes out of reach of people's uh, capacity for a lot of different reasons yeah. just increase your daily incidental movement that will help yeah. this bit in their production. Um, and of course, in turn from that, it's going to help a couple of other hormonal cascades, which, you know, we kind of talk about sometimes when we're talking about, um, our HPA axis and things like that. And these are things like the insulin growth factor. So IGF one. Um, and these are all things that basically keep our nervous system, our brain fueled and, and sourced. The reason it comes into HP access is to do with insulin and, you know, regulation of energy and glucagon, glycogen, all these things that feed and fuel the brain and the body. Um, so yeah, I'm just like, ah, oh, please move, please move, please move. So well, this I is think- where chiropractic adjustments come into. Hate to say it, you know, uh, this is where people don't like hearing what chiropractors have to say at the moment. We're in Australia in a very political environment right now, if you haven't heard. Um, and, you know, they're saying, oh, there's no evidence for chiropractic, blah, 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 blah. Well, actually, you're wrong. There is plenty and bucket loads of quality evidence to support what we do. Um, and one of those key things is the fact that chiropractic adjustments directly affect the way in which the spine moves, which directly affects the way in which the nervous system functions, building brain tissue. Like, hello, <laughs> that's a major player in why people get yeah. such good outcomes from, you know, the care we provide. So um, that's my little plug for Cairo because I just get so frustrated when people say, oh, you know, it's just about clicking joints. I'm like, it's so much more than that. It's all about the brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that, um, Ash, sometime soon we're going to have to do an episode on that because I think it's I think it's time. Um, that's Debunking for sure. that the movement, myths. <laughs> that movement is life and that, um, yeah. that segmental spinal movement is the most most amount of input that we can put into the brain without actually sticking needles in it, which is incredible. Um, And I don't think that we have um, the luxury of just, and not that it would be a luxury, but just not finding time for exercise. Um, So there was uh, a randomized control trial done recently with like normal, healthy, young adults. They were, um, you know, early in their university studies and they took a control group and they said, just go off and do, you know, as per normal, don't change anything. And then the other group, they encouraged them to have a sedentary lifestyle. 
lifestyle. So they decreased the exercise, they did lots of sitting, they reduced those incidental movements and that innate um, movement. And within four weeks, these previously healthy individuals were showing signs of increased anxiety, depression, even increased stress hormone production. And this is just from being sedentary. So not to mention all the other cascade of, you know, ill health effects, it dramatically impacts their brain and their mental health. Um, And then there was another study from UCLA recently that reported participants who sat for long stretches of time actually had thinning in regions of their brain that is what is involved with like memory formation. So decreased thickness um, can then serve as a precursor to cognitive decline and dementia, which then led me to the this new study that came out in January 2019, was at, which is, was actually what sparked me to want to do this episode in the first place. So this has come out from the Journal, journal of Nature Medicine, um, and it showed that their um, recent studies have showed that there's a hormone produced called now, I'm going to get this wrong because I haven't been exercising enough and obviously I'm not articulate as what I would like to be, um, but it's irisin. So I-R-I-S-I-N. So this is the hormone that impacts the hippocampus and this is what's actually promoting that new hormonal growth. So that's what's protecting the memory. Um, so it has this neuroprotective effect and it's like it's actually rescuing our synaptic plasticity so it's enhancing more neuroplasticity and this has been um so this study itself has been shown um to be why exercise has a protective effect against alzheimer's disease amazing amazing i i think it's so underappreciated um just what this is doing you know the fact that movement is driving the brain literally um you know it's like the cogwheel and the exercise of our body turns the cogs over in our brain. Um, and they even talk about exercise as being the first sparks of creativity that, it, you know, the brain requires such high degrees of movement that in order to – I was listening to a, um, uh, what do you call it, TED Talk, and there was a lady talking about um, – sorry, I can't reference details. I'd have to look it up. But just, you know, things stick to your brain. You A long time ago watched them and went, are you kidding me? And you're saying that in order to build a better world, creativity is at the forefront of evolution and development. Creativity comes from the sparks that's in the hippocampus, which is our memory, concentration, attention, learning centers, and allows us to formulate more complex frameworks um, and understanding. It's like that lateral thinking, seeing possibilities. It's the first spark of the process. And to do that, you need to have movement activity. Um, and I've just thought, isn't that interesting that she was bringing it back to some brain science when I just thought she was going to have a chat about, you know, how we must need to be more creative and more right brain and all this and I thought she was going to go into that hemispheric talk, but she was actually talking about like exercise and movement. So if I find that link, I'll definitely share it with everyone. But it was just something I remember going, ah, light bulb moment. Like that's yeah, really totally. cool. So change the world, get people moving. Huh, okay, cool. <laughs> and educate women. But again, that's another, that's another topic. Um, so we know that exercise improves our memory, our concentration. It builds us a bigger brain and that sort of thing, which is incredible. Um, But I think the other thing that is so critical to understand is how exercise actually impacts our mental health. Um, So Mm -hmm. there has been so many meta-analyses that have showed that it improves clinical depression, anxiety, even schizophrenia, um, and symptoms of obsessive-compulsive disorder or OCD as well. Um, And most times the type of exercise that was studied was that 
actually aerobic type exercises from like, you know, moderate to vigorous intensity. Um, And there's lots of different mechanisms that come into play as to why that actually does help improve, you know, each of those um, sort of clinical signs. But the mechanism that seems to have been studied the most and that shows to have um, like that really big effect is that short term from exercise, we have an inflammatory response that happens. Um, And then the impact of that, it then creates this powerful anti-inflammatory sort of cascade action that our body does innately um, and it releases a whole bunch of growth factors in the brain as well. So this is why we then get this big release of things like endorphins, like serotonin and dopamine. Um, it fires off that endocannabinoid system um, that has that pain-killing and like kind of pleasurable effect as well. Um, so it's the short-term inflammation that's produced by the exercise and your body's own innate response to that that then has this massive anti-inflammatory response on our brain and our body tissue that seems to be why it has such a positive effect on depression and anxiety um there was a meta-analysis which is you know like sort of the highest level of evidence um that was uh, published in the you know very notable Cochrane database that found that exercise was as effective as pharmacological interventions, so antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, um, and psychological treatments as well. It's pretty awesome. Pretty so, awesome. Uh, That's so cool. Isn't get our butts moving? Yeah, isn't it? Um, again, another sign that if we think we're just exercising for weight loss, we're really missing the point. Exercise is so much more than that, and uh, more importantly, it's about how it interacts with the brain and, and the function of the brain. And I think I've always been fascinated as well by, like, for example, coping and resilience is mm-hmm. one thing I've always been interested in because, um, you know, when people experience crises, some people, you know, go into the cave and retract, and other people go burn themselves crazy and exercise, and they seem to be able to handle that crisis better when they're being engaged in activities. Sometimes it seems a bit compulsive because that's their way of dealing with the situation. But interestingly, compulsive behavior, it's almost like an innate driver. How do we handle stress resilience, you know, on cell damage being caused by elevated cortisol and all these other, you know, chemicals in the body being flooded because of stress response. Um, and exercise is a massive play in that. And so that's why you can see yeah. that if you are experiencing major crises and stress, even though you may not physically feel like it, getting outside, getting fresh air, getting some movement can help clear the pathways in the brain, help your body handle stress better, which will help promote, you know, better engagement in life, um, you know, rather oh, than putting definitely. your head in the sand. I think that's where where a lot of people come into conflict with they know they need to do something, don't know what to do, they'd rather sit in the psychiatrist's office and have a chat. Mm-hmm. Um, but my thing is it's all very nice to sit there and talk things through, but you've got to get moving too. So, you know, you're better off um, Skype calling your, your psychiatrist while you have a, a jog on the treadmill. <laughs> Hey, that could be uh, a new <laughs> could revolutionise um, treatment protocol, right? Intervention. <laughs> um, and uh, actually, you might have seen recently. There's been a, um, a new medication that's been developed and approved for postnatal depression. Um, whereas we know that exercise is as protective and better than antidepressants for women with postnatal depression. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, again, if it can stop you from taking pharmaceuticals, then you know, just getting out and moving is um, so beneficial. And not to uh, mention Ash- how fun it is as well. Learning new skills. I always say to people, if you think movement's boring, <laughs> go do something different. Do you know? Because yes. people always think. 
oh my god, yeah, but I'm so bored. I don't like running. I'm like, do you realize there is 4,500 other different activities you could do? <laughs> you know, there's so many things. Why not try something altogether new? Like, I, it could be something like jumping around a squash court, or it could be going to a Zumba class, or something you've never done before. Not only are you physically challenging your body, but you're mentally challenging the new activities which are driving new pathways as well. So it's like, you know, keeping the brain fresh and young. Um, they talk about how do you water the potential risk of degenerative brain conditions, do new things often enough to keep driving new pathways and developments. Um, so, yeah, anyone who tells me exercise is boring, I'm just going to say it straight. I think you're wrong because you haven't found what you need to do yet, so keep BS. looking. <laughs> uh, Ash, what are your favourite types? Throw them at me. Um, okay, so for me, look, oh, yeah, uh, I always default to swimming, jogging on the beach, um and paddling like they're just my my go-tos i'm an ocean ski paddler so for me the best place in the world could be out in the ocean paddling a surf ski it's just like oh heaven like i feel like i'm in another space and time it's just the best thing so um i know that's not everyone's thing because well firstly to learn to surf ski paddle unless you're in a really big plastic tub is very challenging Uh, (laughs) well the reason i love it so much is it's not just a physicality it's also stability and balance so it's constantly challenging my cerebellum the ocean's constantly changing and moving so my body's constantly adapting so you know like i love that challenge so if i haven't been on there for a while it's fascinating to see how quickly you can lose that cerebellar control of your body um in time and space so you you can't you know calibrate and correct yourself on the ski as easily uh so that you know that's a a really good thing it's a bit like riding a bike you know if you haven't ridden it for a long time it feels really awkward when you first get on but do it a bit more often and suddenly it becomes second nature again so um there might go to how about yourself what do you love doing um i love surfing and i love horse riding um both of which i don't do enough of over here um but those are you know if i could be doing that every day i absolutely would um i the things i actually enjoy i really do enjoy um yoga i love that i really enjoy being outside with the dogs um and i enjoy doing things that are really like adrenaline rushy so um when i was learning to snowboard um recently when uh we went um learning to trapeze do the trapeze flying thing that was really fun because that was really you know adrenaline pumping the things i probably do most consistently though is weights um at the gym um so you know just kind of that grind and i can't say i love it but it's probably the most consistent thing that i do um Yeah, so there is a really good app um, if you do want to try and figure out how to get that runner's high called Couch to 5Ks. So I think it gets you running, um, I think, 5Ks in a really short period of time, but it does it in a really nice, easy way, um, and it sort of works you up to it. So, ladies, if you want to figure out what that whole runner's high is all about, oh, I haven't got there yet, I don't know what it's like, I might try this thing and just see if that's for me. Um, and we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what are your favourite types of exercise. Um, what is it that motivates you to get off your butt to build a better brain and a better body Um, so Ash is there any other like I love the Ben Greenfield app as well you are your own gym I think those are really good resources too Uh, and otherwise get outdoors in nature 
uh, preferably with dogs, but that's just me. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, ladies. Well, again, we would love to hear from you. Um, just remember our uh, Wellness Women social media channels are thewellnesswomen.com. Uh, hang on, facebook.com forward slash thewellnesswomen. Um, post on there. Let us know what your favorite types of exercise are. Um, let us know also if you're in um, the Perth region and you go to the best gym in the world, I want to hear from you um, and I want to know why it is the best. Uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram as well, so at the Wellness Women Official. Uh, ladies, if you're coming along to the Wellness Base Camp, we will see you there this weekend. I think this episode will actually come out afterwards, but we look forward to meeting you there anyway. Um, and ladies, until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.